podcast with Mo. What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. This is episode 48. This week, I'm joined by Wyatt. We talk about Diablo 3, cargo shorts, Trump's ideas of wind energy, AOC, magic, the card game, Wyatt's play he has coming up, and our top five favorite musicals. Thanks for listening. And we are joined by Wyatt. What's up? Um, first thing I'm going to get to, patreon.com slash podcast with Mo. Patreon.com slash podcast with Mo. If you go there and you're a patron at any dollar amount level, you get the episodes early. Um, and if you're at a certain level, you get these shouted out like my mom, Hurricane Haynes, and Snappy, who are my three people who get shouted out because of the rate they're at. Um, so I just want to get that before I forget because I've always i been forgetting lately and I have to do it later. So how's it been, man? Uh, it's been going good. Um been working a lot and been uh playing i have a new video game in my life oh yeah so for normally, the first time in like six months right you're like one of those diehard fortniters they're like once you started that that was your game now. yeah yeah i couldn't play other games i got that spider-man game i played it for like two like two days you know maybe like an hour a day i got the platinum in it and i thought it was okay yeah no I'd... story's fun gameplay not that fun yeah the gameplay is strikingly not for fortnite you know, like it's just like <laughs> yeah. as not Fortnite as it gets. Yeah, true that. And so, which actually now there is a similar thing in Fortnite than like you know in the Spider-Man game where you swing. Remember they have a grappling hook now. Yeah, so that well they have a, a, a like a ball that you ride around in, and it has a grappler on it, and so you can like swing across trees and launch yourself in the air, and then catch another tree and swing. It's really fun. See, honestly, I remember when I quit. I guess around the time they. Started doing some of the freezing stuff and the warpy stuff. I remember playing the season where they had the moon rocks, like you ate and you jumped real high and shit. And then right after that, I was like, I realized them changing stuff is going to keep people in. But for me, I was like, I don't want to learn a whole other thing this season. And then they had some challenges of like, you have a time trial to touch all these points or whatever. I was like, this is stupid. I don't even want to do this shit. So I just quit playing Fortnite. I now just don't play video games. I talked about in the last episode, but I've been trying to do Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think it's the best game I've played in a long time. It's really good. I've just I just care more about making beats, and I, my PlayStation barely works. I just every day I'm like, oh, it's about to about to be over. So it's like a weird balancing thing at the moment. Uh, but what's your other game? Well, Diablo three, man. All right, Dom. Dom introduced me to Diablo three. And he's, he's been trying, trying. Yeah, he's been trying to give me a play for like three years. Me too, yeah. And I was like, no, nah, because I haven't played one or two, and I hate coming into games, and he was like, no, nah, dude, it's cool. You don't have to know anything about it, you know, like right. at all. And that wasn't entirely true, but uh, it is a ton of fun. It's like almost therapeutic because it's, it's one of those games, I think, you know, we talked about this before, where it's one of those games where you just like walk through like – thousands of bad guys right just melting them you know and so it's very like yeah it just makes me feel very powerful right <laughs> I, I remember diablo i don't remember if it was one or two whichever one's on ps1 i think it was diablo 2 mm-hmm. um and my cousin had it and i really enjoyed watching him play and i'd play it with him as well once so there was a two-player thing you could do there yeah and it was really fun but i just never 
thought about it since. And now when I see Diablo 3, it looks like those old Gauntlet games. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like those Gauntlet games that I th- that sucked. I always tried to play them, but they weren't ever any good. Yeah. And so that's honestly why I've never tried Diablo 3 is I look at it and I'm like, nah, it looks like those Gauntlet games. Well, it's games. a lot like those games. It's those games perfected. It is the uh, absolute best that those games could be. Well, I so mean, if, Blizzard's like, amazing. Yeah, so, so like if on its face those games offend you, then you probably won't like it. Right. But – you know, if it's just that those games just are usually more. bad, right? You know, this one is is definitely not. It's really good. I might eventually have to get to it. Right now, I'm debating. Uh, I've been talking to some rapper friends of mine. I have made um, that are also into Bloodborne because I complained how uh, last week how I've tried for the third time of a good honest try. Finally made it to like the first boss thing where you can start to level up. But I'm like, I just don't. Don't like it. And I understand if you say that, everyone who likes it's like, you're just not good at video games. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck you. So that's why I want to beat it. It's so I can say, fuck you, I still hate it. It's like my whole goal. Um, but I'm trying to decide between that or uh, the Bioshock. I bought the collection of the Bioshock games. And I never played Bioshock 1 or 2. And I hear they're like amazing. And they're like a libertarian uh, utopia gone wrong. So I'm like, I want to play this. I just do. And... So that might be my next game after Assassin's Creed. I played one and two, and they were both very good. And then I played three, and I, I I think that I would have liked three as much as one or two, but I played it on the PlayStation Now service. Oh uh, yeah. And at the time, I had spotty internet, so it was constantly cutting in and out, and right, it was it was bad. I played Infinite when it came out on PS3, just because I needed a game at the time. I was like, I'll try it, and it was really fun. I remember thinking, like, if you changed items, like. Fuck, I'm like, see, it was like a pants. I don't think it was, but it was like, you could change his pants. And when you put on these pants, also when enemies died, like they exploded and caused splash damage to those around. Like it changed the whole literal game. Like if you change these certain items and you're like, oh man, they like put a lot of fucking thought into all this shit. Right, so, right. I, and I know one and two is thought of as being better. So I was like, well, I'm going to play these games eventually, but I might do Bloodborne first unless it pisses me off and I want to kill someone. Like the last time I tried, I just kept telling my wife, like, Fuck, we're going to have to buy a new TV in a minute because I'm about to break this one. Like, this is very, very dangerous. Um, All right, one thing I want to bring up. I see a lot of people hating about cargo shorts. I don't know where you fall on the hate or love of cargo shorts. I own some, and I don't I don't exclusively wear cargo shorts, but I own a pair or two. Cargo shorts are kind of awesome, and I get tired of all the hate for them. And it's always women hating on them, first off. And it's like, well, fuck you. You get purses. Y'all have stuff to carry all your shit. Cargo shorts are the only way guys get to carry shit. So that's, I guess, why I always liked them. Yeah, so I would never wear shorts. The only time that I would wear shorts, there's like two or three very specific situations. If it's like bedtime and I'm wearing like, you know, some athletic shorts. Right. Or if I'm like actually going to go play some like hardcore sports, which I have not done in some years. sports ball, right. Yeah, if I'm going to sports ball it up pretty hard. You know, then I might put on some athletic shorts, but all my athletic shorts are like below my knees. So I look like, you know, like yeah, a, a bad gangster because uh, I have like the palest skin ever. Uh, That's because you just never wear shorts. Like I have probably paler skin than you overall, but I bet your legs are wider because I wear shorts even in the winter. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Um, I'm a big shorts wearer, but I am super wide, so I get that. Yeah. No, my I got, I got like, the hardcore farmer's tan. Like, right. I take off my shirt, I, you know, take off my pants, and I, it's just, like, very, very clear, you know, delineation. Uh, right. I got you. Well, I just see a lot of bitches hating on the cargo shorts, so I just want to defend the cargo shorts. Of uh, They are practical. Now, I do think it's weird when I see people wearing carpenter pants still. 
you know, they have like all the extra mini pockets for like if you were a carpenter and needed that little strap to hold your hammer and this for your nails. I'm like, well, no, guys, no one needs those. That's ridiculous. Uh, but cargo shorts, I'm still all about. Now, all of my shorts, because I do wear a lot, all go below my kneecap. If they don't, I don't buy them. Right, right. Um, I do not enjoy this world in which uh, stuff has gone above the kneecap. Like, I used to go to American Eagle, and I like, longboard shorts, please. That's the style. And they'll go right below my kneecap, and I'm like, perfect. And now you go in, and it's like there is one corner of the longboard shorts I made two years ago that they still have some around. And you got to buy those, and all the rest are like super high up. And I'm like, man, I'm not gonna be able to wear shorts eventually. Yeah, it's weird that fashion is so uh, cyclical right. because you know, like my dad, right? Which it's weird to use the word fashion and my dad in the same right. universe. But uh, my dad wears like these ridiculously short shorts, and it's because like when he was growing up in the literal 50s, that's all there was, you know. And then that was. Not a thing, right. you know, and, and and especially in the 90s, it was how long can your shorts be before their pants? Yeah. You know, and then now we're going back to the shorts. When I was in high school, I remember buying like dude capris. Yeah. They just didn't flare like down thinner. They just stayed like that Jinko width or whatever. And I'd be like, fuck, yeah, these are awesome. Like, I loved them. I feel you. I don't know why, but that was just one thing. And also where we grow up here in Oklahoma Anything to not wear Wranglers was kind of where I was at. Like, there's any way I can not wear Wranglers and cowboy boots, I'm going to try to wear that and see what it's like. Because I was one of those kids that was putting that very young, and I was like, I hate this. And it isn't about country music. It was like, this shit's all super tight, and these boots are all fucking weird looking. I don't know. I just didn't yeah, do you get that the, You get, like, the actual, like, because, like, you can get, like, jeans nowadays from places like, you know, uh, American Eagle and, right. and you know the buckle and stuff like that, and they're like a little stretchy. They're a little relaxed. You know, it's, it's good. You know, but like especially like the jeans your parents were trying to put you in when you were like eleven or whatever, are like these starched. <laughs> like you could stand them up and they'll just stand on their own ass jeans. Right. You can't bend your leg. You're sitting there. You know, you gotta have an ottoman everywhere you go because you, you know you're not bending your leg. Yeah, it's a bad time. Yeah, and I, my grandpa uh, wears a pearl snap like every day and, uh, you know, cowboy boots and stuff. Sure. And I went them to uh, like Western boot stores and he'd always try to get me. And I would, not a lot, they look cool, like the manta ray boots because they'll like be neon colors. Okay. And he's like, I know you don't like normal cowboy boots, but what about the ones made from manta ray? Look at those <laughs> lime green pair. Those are cool, right? And I'd be like, yeah, but those are like seven hundred dollars. Like there was some stupid amount. Sure, of money. I want I want cowboy boots made out of the ray that killed Steve Irwin. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to wear those fuckers. Killer. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I agree. Um, all right, so I'll get off my cargo short rant now. Um, now we try not to get into Trump too much when you're on here. At least last time you didn't want to uh, because he's an idiot. But another idiot thing he did, and I just it happened since the last podcast recording, I really want to bring it up, is he doesn't understand how wind energy works. And I'm, <laughs> oh my God. These are the stories I enjoy. Like people think I just want to hate on Trump's political knowledge. This has nothing to do with that. This is like a literal old man not getting wind energy. And so you'll be like, well, what if the wind doesn't blow? Your TV won't work. Sure. <laughs> start so I shit. think he does get it. I think he just plays into it. Yeah, I think that he just knows that, you know, the vast majority of his supporters either are stupid or are willing to pretend they're stupid in order to support him. Right. And so he whips them up with these crazy fucking yeah, I you know, things, saying. you know, and 
because even if he's that stupid, he's got like advisors around <laughs> him that are also assholes and right, but they're at least intelligent. Right? But they at least know, you know, that that's not how wind energy works. I think. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's more about how willfully stupid his supporters are than um, how stupid he is. But yeah, when when he said, you know, uh, yeah, we can't we can't support wind energy because. You know, what if the wind doesn't blow and then we're all screwed? Bet you didn't think about that, libtards. Like, <laughs> and he's like, because I like watching TV. Right. It is so idiocracy. I mean, my well, it's funny that that's it. the one thing. He's like, but we wouldn't have the TV. It's not like we you know, hospitals a- would go <laughs> down and people would die. He's like, how could we? How could we watch Fox News? It is great. And then Fox News that just briefly reminded me. I saw a graphic right before we started where. They described how the U.S. was cutting ties to three Mexican countries. And they were describing uh, Guatemala, like three uh, Central American countries. But they their ticker on the bottom says, you know, with three Mexican countries. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> these people. Mexico's like, hey, do we, we, we got, got, we got some countries? countries? Yeah. Dope. Happen? I didn't realize we were America. With our <laughs> fucking the way it all is. Um. So, yeah, the, the Trump wind energy thing I found very, very funny. I probably agree with you. It reminded me, I listened to uh, Joe Rogan has a podcast with Ron White, who is my favorite awesome. from the Blue Collar. He has comic. a podcast with Ron White, or he did his podcast with Ron White. Right, he has a new episode of his podcast, okay. which Ron White is on. I thought you meant he started a second no, podcast no, no. with Ron White. <laughs> he always tries to – I haven't listened to the whole one because I'm like halfway through it. And he's had Ron White on before, yeah. which was a really good episode. That's I was like, oh, fuck, I got to listen to I this love one. Ron White. And – he Ron Wild was saying how his fan base is pretty split, honestly, you know, because he's got like the the pot headed white people and then also the country white. You know, he has like a little mixture of both. Um, he's like, you know, so he tries to not get political about it. He goes, but I do get uh, it blows my mind when they call certain people stupid. He's like, well, he went to Harvard. He's like, you know, I have people in my crowd being Obama's an idiot. And it's like, well, sir, he went to law school at Harvard. Right, I don't- right. He was editor of the law review. <laughs> That's actually really uh, something that I do want to talk about. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Right. So I love uh, her. And when she is not a fetus, I want her to run for president. Um, but uh, you think she's young. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she she is. She's twenty. Right. She's twenty nine or something like that. So I mean, she literally can't run for president right that. now. And even I don't think she even should when she's thirty four or thirty five or whatever. Because you right. can run when you're thirty four. You just can't take office until you're twenty five. So as long as you turn thirty five before January the right twentieth or whatever inauguration day is, you can run. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think she should do that. I think she should wait until she's like at least forty five. Um. Uh, to run, assuming that her career lasts that long, uh, which it may not, because you know, probably assassinated. I mean, maybe, but Fox News has already started like the, you know, the the crazy conspiracy theories and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, so she's going to have to weather that for a long time um, uh, to to make it to be able to run for president effectively. But, anyways, I bring this up because you mentioned how like people just assume that these people are stupid, right? You know, despite all the evidence. Um, and in Trump's case, I think that it's partially true. I don't think he's as stupid as he pretends to be because I think that he pretends to be stupider than he is to relate to his stupid ass followers. Right. But well, he also is an old man that hasn't had any formal schooling in a very long time. Right. Just like me, like I'm 10 years almost out of college, you know, not quite, but every year I'm like, fuck, I'm losing information. Right. Well, so. also, you know, he was the original, his dad was the original aunt Becky. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he, you know, yeah. like 
put him in the military school and all that stuff. You're right. So, but anyways, I bring this all up because uh, AOC blocked Amazon from making a new headquarters in New York. Right. Um, and she did that uh, she's, because they wanted like a $3 billion tax cut um, to do it. So she was like, no, we're not going to do that, and we're going to take that $3 billion, and we're going to do something else with it. And right. so all these people went straight to, oh, she's an idiot. She doesn't understand how taxes work because we don't have that $3 billion. It's not like we have $3 billion that we didn't have before now right. because since they didn't build the headquarters, they didn't make any money to tax in the first place. And so instead of collecting – like, because let's say they owed $30 billion in taxes and they wanted to pay 27 of it. Right. You know, well, now they paid zero dollars in taxes, you know, so so, you know, and they went straight to, well, she's right. an idiot. She doesn't understand how taxes work. And she tweeted out something that I thought was uh, really uh, poignant. And she said, you know, when Obama would say something that the Republicans didn't like, they would call him a liar. You know, they'd say he's he's lying. He's trying to deceive you. You know, um, when Trump says something that people don't like, you know, he's he's a liar. He's trying to deceive you. Uh, but, you know, for me, you jump straight to that I'm an idiot. It couldn't possibly be either one that I misspoke or two that I'm trying to lie to you or three that I just understand this better than you do and understand taxes more than you do. Uh, it just has to be that I'm an idiot. And I think that there's some truth to that. I mean, we call Trump stupid all the time. Right. So it's not as if, like, no man has ever been called stupid. But I do think that it's telling that that was the thing that people chose to say about her. Right. You know, because nobody was saying, like, you know, that she was. I don't even think it's that complicated because I've thought about this a lot. Uh, you know, I've snapped you on here and, and he seems to have follow or friends on Facebook that all call her an idiot. And I've said, like, I only see the occasional conservative share a meme about her. Way more than I see liberals. And then I see you post videos of her talking in which I always think she speaks pretty well. Yeah. Like I never think like what an idiot. Yeah. And I don't have – that's about as far as my opinions go on her really. Um, I mean she graduated cum laude with a, du- with a dual degree in international relations and economics. You right. Know, I, I, she's smart. You know. And, and what's funny is they'll, they'll say that she's too she's, – they'll say that she's dumb. But then they'll also say that she's too smart to be real because there's this conspiracy theory going around that she's an actor and that uh because they're like well she was just a bartender before she became a congressperson so how could she be so smart if she was just bartending and that that goes to tell you the low opinion that they have for the right. working class i can think of if right you're in now, the working class it's because you're an idiot like just off the top of my head i have two friends i can think of went to college with they didn't finish college yep they pretty gotten like you know alcohol or whatever and just it wasn't for them right. and right now they if they were on this podcast and they're more than welcome on any time they would sound way smarter than me and i have a college degree right, right. so there's it has nothing to do with any of that and everyone knows that guy in your town that like yeah but if you want to go ask him some real shit he'll tell you about some real shit right like there's that i don't know i, I always think it's weird but what i would say is not being that complicated i really think it's more of like the fox news side of things and i know i I don't want to single them out, but they're the only one really on that conservative corner that has a real TV yeah. channel. All the rest, and that and that's their whole argument of we're the only real ones because everyone else is against the Trump. Right? right? Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, 
But I just think they choose whatever is convenient for that time. And as long as you look at someone through a certain filter long enough, you can always see that. Sure. So, like, as long as every Fox News person is always looking at everything she says through she's an idiot, they will find any time she slips up or whatever and posts that, and then those people will continue to believe she's an idiot. They could have went with she's spoiled or they whatever they decided right. that day, and then would have probably just kept it going. Right. And I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Like you said with Trump, I do the same thing. Every time he says something, I'm like, oh, he's an idiot. Right. But there's probably uh, him playing into it. You know, there's a professional wrestling element to all this. Sure, sure. Uh, politics. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, anyway, I didn't want to get on it too, too long there, but I did find all that um, interesting. And then you have two things you want to touch on before we get to our top five list. Yeah. At least. Yeah, sure, for sure. So, uh, one, we'll talk about Magic the Gathering for a second because I'm on the podcast and I get to talk about nerd shit. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm just not that kind of nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much all the way. But it's really cool. So, Magic Gathering is a card game for people that don't know. Um, but it's uh, the story behind the game is getting pretty heated up uh, right now. Basically, there's these uh, characters that are called Planeswalkers. They're basically super powerful, uh, like warriors and wizards and all kinds of different people. But the power that they share is that they can walk between, like, worlds. Right. right. So, anyways, there's this big war brewing between these different factions of these super powerful people. And it stems from this event called the Mending, where Planeswalkers used to basically be gods. And then there was the Mending, where they lost, like, all their power. So this ancient evil dragon planeswalker is trying to undo the Mending and become a god again. But they just released... I, I bring all this up because they just released this trailer for the next expansion. Uh, and it's set to In the End by Linkin Park. Oh, shit. And it's like... It reminded me of, like... The like anime AMVs, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> like Naruto and Sasuke from Naruto fighting, you know, to, to in the end. Well, it's basically like that League of Legends commercial that's right. out now, right? And you were like, What the f why does this exist? <laughs> right? So, I think that there was some, you know, there's some 22 year old on the Wizards of the Coast staff that made this trailer, right? And was like, you know, channeling those those AMVs. Hey, I mean, I feel I make been making beat videos last week, and uh, you just get you start feeling yourself, and you're like, I have a fucking vision, dude. right? <laughs> and this is right. what it is, right? And at the end, your friends are like, cool, like, uh, yeah. And fine. the whole trailer is just so artistically done, like it's shot in reverse, like it plays in reverse. So it starts with like one of the main characters like dying, mm. and then it kind of rolls back and you know shows how that happened, and then it plays it again in. You right. know, yeah. So it's just like this very artsy, you know, kind of out of left field, seriously done trailer for this, you know, children's card game. Well, and I was wondering, like, when you mentioned all the information before the trailer, did you get that delivered through like a web page or is there like a comic book series? Like, so how do they do books. that? There's books, but there's also information on the cards themselves that, that's called flavor text. So basically, it, like, the card will be like some art. And then underneath that, it'll tell you, like, what the card does. And then underneath that, it'll have, like, italics text that tells little snippets of the story. And if you put those together in the right order, you, you can kind of get the, uh, the overview of the story. But gotcha. the meat of the story is it, there's books that, okay. are, that are put out. I, was, I always wondered that because, yeah, people seem to always know shit. Sure, so. sure. And like I said, and we mentioned Blizzard earlier. Blizzard's the only one that made a card game I've been able to 
comprehend. And even now, I go back to try to play a Hearthstone, and it's been like over a year. Yeah, I'm like, gosh, shit, so much shit's changed. I don't want to do this. And I magic's been going however long, and things change all the time. And I'm like, I don't know how people keep up with all this shit. Yeah, it's been going on for a long time. And every set has different mechanics that get added. Right. Different, you know, things that didn't exist before you got to keep track of. There's like something like 21,000 unique magic cards now. Damn. I know Dom's always been like... For sure. Like whenever we used to work, or I worked with him, you know, he watched YouTube videos all day of magic shit. And I'm like, oh man. All right, you're really into this shit, I guess. And then another dude I worked with, enjoyed it from the collector side of like right if i get a black lotus it'll be worth this much money and i'm right, like right uh, cool i guess yeah. i don't i don't know shit about any of this i have a barry sanders card <laughs> like when my girlfriend first saw my collection my magic collection and i told her you know how much i had spent over the years because my, my magic collection was worth between six and seven thousand dollars no man and uh when she first heard that i think she might have wanted to leave me a little bit Right. I was worried that I was going to like spend the rent money on, on some magic cards. Yeah, but you, it's over time, like slowly, yeah, right? It is. Yeah, and do you do time. any like you try to buy one special card, or do you just go all blind packs? No, no, no. I don't do the packs, man. Because that's that's how you spend too much money. Because if you're trying to get everything you want out of packs, you're going to have to buy a shit ton of packs. Right. That's what Dom does. Dom thinks that buying individual cards is cheating. <laughs> I, honestly, if I was coming into it, that's my take as well. <laughs> now I said, but on Hearthstone, you can. You can, like, save up dust. Wow. And if you have a whole fuckload of dust, you can get, like, a certain card or whatever. Sure. So I, if, the, if everyone agrees it's okay to do it, I guess it's okay. But there is some pureness to what Dom's saying, I think. Yeah, no, I, I buy just the cards that I need. And I also am really weird about how I buy. I don't buy one card here, one card there until I have all the cards that I need, you know, over the course of six months. I'll save for six months, and then I'll buy all the cards at once. So, like... My collection is worth six or seven thousand dollars, but it's not like you know ten dollars here, ten dollars there over time. It's me saving six months, and then I might drop you know eleven hundred dollars on some magic cards all at once. Right, you know? and that is crazy. Like, <laughs> I can't even imagine. But then again, I buy fucking Dr. Pepper's out the ass every day. <laughs> I just quit doing that. I can buy all kinds of sure, stuff. sure. I mean, because you know when you break it down like that, it's not much. I mean, six thousand dollars, and I've been playing for six years. We're talking about a thousand dollars a year. We're talking about right. you know what is that? Uh, less than a hundred dollars a month, right? Like Eighty bucks a month. Yep. So about yeah, eighty-five. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's a lot, but it's not crazy. Yeah, I mean, I spend way much, way more money on stupider shit. Well, maybe not stupider shit, but other stupid. Shit. <laughs> well, and what's cool though is you know I can always sell it back. Right. You know, true that. I, I can always sell it back at the end and cash out, and a lot of the cards will have increased in value, so I might even make some profit. You know, so maybe you can sell it to Dumb's Dom's dumbass because he has never done it. You know, he <laughs> sure. even know the process. Sure. I'll, well, I have to put it in the plat in the packs first <laughs> for him. Yeah. Like it's you won't know which one. I'll sell it one back at a time. Um, all right, and then you also have a play. Is that what this is? That's right. So I'm doing a play, everybody. Um, so if you're in the Ada, Oklahoma area. Or even if you're not, if you are if you want to see an amazing night of theater, uh, you should. Is there a website? There will be a website. There is not currently a website. So this I mean, is like be... for live streaming. So like we have a listener in Pittsburgh, right? Sure. If they really wanted to watch your play for whatever reason, is that possible? It is not. We uh, can't live stream as copyright issues. Uh, but those fuckers. But if your person from Pittsburgh wants to come down and watch, I will buy their ticket. All five dollars of it. No. Not the plane ticket. No, 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 not the plane ticket. No, I no. See, I fuck see. that. 
No. Um, but there will be a website uh, where you can learn more information and buy tickets. Um, but that website is under construction right now because the show isn't until August 2nd and 3rd. Okay. Uh, Slowly. Yeah. So we started a theater troupe. It's called the Has-Beens Theater Company. And it's full of irrelevant 25 to 30-year-old friends of mine, like Dom uh, and uh, my buddy Trent, who I think is going to be on a future episode of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Cool, cool. Uh, But the play that we're doing is called Jimmy the Antichrist. And it is about this kid that comes home for, uh, for Thanksgiving to come out to his family as the Antichrist. And he comes home with this boy. And he comes home with an earring. And so his family thinks that he's going to come out as gay. So he says, Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. I'm the Antichrist. And they're like, oh, that's okay, Jimmy. We st- Wait, what? And then hilarity ensues from there. I see. Yeah. And so you said copyright. So, like, this is one that someone has. Like, so one of you didn't write this. Right. This is a play that exists already. It's okay. existed for years. Uh, it's actually just a one act, so it's only about thirty-five minutes long. Um, so I did one act in high school, and uh, most people are always surprised because I'm not like uh, a happy person. <laughs> I'm not a happy. I'm like real negative. Sure, but I actually did do plays in high school, and one year in a normal play, they gave me the mute part, which was the best because <laughs> they knew I was gonna not memorize lines. So. That's hilarious. So anyway, uh, so Jimmy the Antichrist, August what they was the second and third at seven o'clock, and then we might. Do a matinee uh, on August the 3rd at 2. But that's going to just depend on how many tickets we sell. So I have all kinds of random questions. If you have an acting troupe, is that what you call their act? Yeah. Um, Did you all like pay to get the rights of this play? And then are you all going to pay for the theater and then you all get to keep the money that you make? Like, is there there a way if this is successful you can make money? Yes, absolutely. So that's exactly what we did. We had to pay for the – there's what's called a performance fee that you pay to actually do the show. Um, And that is um, really cheap for a one act. Right. You know, and especially kind of an obscure, unknown one act. The bigger, more successful the play that you want to do, the more your your performance fee is going to be. So if we wanted to do, you know, Cats – Right, it's going to be thousands of dollars. Uh, in this case, it's a pretty obscure, small one act, you know. So the performance fee isn't bad. Uh, then we had to get a venue. Um, we had to, you know, take care of that. Uh, which the venue is actually going to be the Black Box uh, Theater, which is the Chalmers Herman Theater in uh, on the ECU campus in the Halle Brown Ford Fine Arts Center. Um, which great venue, amazing venue. Uh, I've never been to Black Box one day. Oh, it's it's one. Or the one in Southeastern for whatever reason. Sure, works. sure. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, it's got catwalks for lots of lights. It's got uh, wonderful acoustics. It's it's just a big black room. Right. So you can arrange the seating however you want. So it's very you know uh, malleable that way. So we had to do that. Um, we also had to buy scripts because when you do a show, uh, in addition to the performance fee, they make you buy a number of scripts equal to the number of characters because you can't just buy one script and then photocopy it because that's you know copyright infringement. Right. And then uh, let's see. So the scripts, the performance fee, the venue, and then of course you know the props, the set, uh, the costumes. Luckily, this show is is very. I mean, it's just a, a kid coming home for Thanksgiving, so it's just normal clothes. Right. You know, there's not a whole lot. Now there are some. Are you gonna try to make all the people look like the family? Like, so is there? For instance, because you're all around the same age. Sure. Is there one that's balding that we can make the old 
the dad or like right. So Dom is going to be playing the dad. Okay, um, which is funny because so I wanted Dom to be in the show, right? right? And the only non-family member character is a part that he just number one isn't interested in, but number two probably wouldn't be very good at. Right. Um, it's just very, very, very not him. Um. So we, you know, that means we have to have a. a colorblind cast which is basically you know just uh, put dom in white face yeah we'll put yeah with susan that's okay these days sure sure <clears throat> it uh, hasn't been like outlawed yet but it, it's cool because so you know like that's fine you know uh, colorblind cast is fine like you know and some people would even say it's you know how you should do it right um i tend to not like it i tend to think you know couldn't you have found someone but i think you could very easily say it's a stepdad well, but here's the thing. Or is there some He's definitely that? not Jimmy's dad. Because oh, oh. who's Jimmy's dad? No, it's true. <laughs> so I think that it does make sense on, on at least one level there. Um, and, and I'm excited. that Dom's going to be great in that role because uh, he's basically just going to have to channel his dad. And I don't know if you've ever met Dom's dad. But he's, he's told me about him, but I've never met oh, him. He's, he's something. Um so, uh, but yeah, so we, we, d- I said the, the troop was made up of 25 to 30 year olds, but there is actually one member that is, uh, 16, 17, 16 or 17. I don't know. Um, and she's playing the little sister and she's my favorite character because she does not give a shit that Jimmy is the antichrist. She is just jealous that he has found yet another way to get all the attention. Right. And so she's like, of course, Jimmy's the antichrist now, you know? Um, so really like her, uh, character. Uh, my girlfriend, Allie is playing the mom. Uh, my buddy Trent is playing Jimmy. Uh, and then Trey Schaffner, uh, who is actually, uh, the only member that is still in college, uh, well, Allie's in college, but she's in grad school. But anyways, right. he is playing um, the boy Colin that Jimmy brings home from school with him. And then Haley Cantrell. The Shore of this all. Yeah, pretty much. And then Haley Cantrell is going to play Aunt Edith, who is the, the elderly aunt character that is the only one that can't bring herself to accept Jimmy for who he is. Oh. Um, so, yeah, going to be a romp. But, but, yeah, so going back to money. So we all put all this money in. And then the way that we're doing it is, you know, whatever percentage of the money you put in is the percentage of the profits that you'll get out. So we'll have ticket sales. Right. And um, we may find another way to monetize it as well beyond ticket sales. Maybe. Put a um, tip jar somewhere? Well, advertising in the brochure. Well, yeah. So put put an ad in the brochure and because, you know, if we get 200 people to come, then we can put. If my Patreon blows up by August, I'll take an ad out, I guess. But if it doesn't, I'm not. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo that's right. to uh, get me some of that paper. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so th- there's different ways we can monetize it. But the, the by far, the biggest way will be ticket sales. And whatever percentage uh, of the money you put in is the percentage you get out. And so I, I, I put in about 25% of the money. Right. Um, so... What's good about that is it incentivizes everybody. Number one, everybody had to buy in that was in the cast for at least some amount of money. That way they all um, are incentivized to market it, right? right? They all, you know, are going to use their different platforms and their friends and and all that stuff um, to to market um, for us, which will be good. Uh, So, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a a full-on little 
little side hustle, you know, right. um, that'll just last a few months, a little pop-up thing. And then if it is successful and we do all double or triple our money, um, then we might do one every – I think you should look for a playwright that can get you some exclusive sure. or maybe a playwright in your troupe. So then you would have to, you wouldn't have to worry about that fee part. Yeah, of it. no, definitely. I mean, that would, you know. but I understand that would require a lot of talent. <laughs> sure. That, sure. Um, I'm sure not very many people have, uh, but I was, my mind went there mainly cause I'm finally like trying to make some money on music yeah. these days. And so now it makes me always wonder like, Oh, I wonder how people are doing, <laughs> doing this, that, or the other. Um, and, promoting shit's the hardest like this podcast for me is definitely the hardest part is going online and being like listen to my podcast because to me i think it's good enough to be like it's out today here it is please check it out and if people want to they won't if they don't they don't sure but i like other people are like fucking they bombard you over the head with it and they like will force it into being to get better numbers or whatever and i'm like i just don't i'm not that i don't have that in me so i can just i'm more of the i can create the shit right and then we'll put it out there and see what happens. Same with music. Like I'm working on some music with people to where I'm like, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm not good at promoting. Like I'll tell people, but I have like three friends that even give a fuck that I make music. And they'll listen. <laughs> sure. And then outside of that, man, this is on you. Sure. Uh, so it does kind of suck, but it's fucking way the world is with this, the whole internet. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. So we have a top five list. And last week when Chris was on, I joked about doing a top five musicals. Um and then you were like, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, right. And then my wife was going to, but then she did want to because we don't have three mics and she was already on the episode before this. Right, and she didn't want to sit that close to me. <laughs> I kind of I smell pretty funky. Exactly. And um, so she kind of helped guide me in this because like, there's one that I'm like, I don't know if this is really a musical, but if there was a song and I remember it and I sing it, then that's a musical to me. Uh, so... Anyway, that's basically it. Like, not most weeks I'm like in high school or whatever. Like, I give more things. I don't know enough musicals to have to be that specific for me. I was just like top five favorite musicals. Let's do it. So yeah, and I'm kind of a bad theater major because I have not seen a lot of musicals or plays. I mean, I've probably seen, you know, like ten, twelve plays and five, six musicals. You know, right. like I haven't really seen that many. So, but I do have some favorites. All right. Well, what is your number five? Number five is Beauty and the Beast. Um, uh-huh. Really like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, the stage uh, production of it has a little more music that isn't in the, the I've seen it. movie. Surprisingly, um, Gaston has a much bigger role in the stage production. Fuck yeah! And Gaston is by far my favorite uh, character in Beauty and the Beast. It's actually one of my dream roles. I, there's, I've got two or three roles that I would just kill to do, and Gaston is one of them. The problem is. I really can't sing. Me either. Yeah. On Instagram this week, I put this little video because I mean, it's pop beat, and I was like, I have this go-to verse I'll say on anything that's a rap verse, and I was singing it because it was like a pop song beat, and I had it up for like an hour, and I had like a few likes, and I just kept re-listening to it. I was like, fuck, I'm so bad at singing, so I deleted it. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, I can't sing at all, um, which is sad because I can get close enough Right, I'm good at imitating. Is that what I'm like good at. that? Like, I can convince myself that with enough training 
and right. enough coaching I could get there. So like, there's always that ember of hope. Like if I was a little bit worse, just then it would, it, right, I'd right. just be like, well, you know, I'm like in the exact same range. You are, yeah, so I get it. Yeah. Get it completely. Um, I saw Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I went to nerd camp. I bring this up all the time on this podcast, but I went to nerd camp in high school and we went to Dallas to go view. I saw Peter Pan stage play and I saw Beauty and the Beast a different year. I don't yeah. remember which one was first. Beauty and the Beast way better than Peter Pan, like way better. And I just remember Gaston and his homies on like the opening song. They had this. Uh, they clinked all their cups perfectly. Yeah, and beat, yeah. And they had this like dance with the cups, and I was like, just blown away. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, man, these dudes got it. Yeah, it's sure. really. I, I love the whole everything involving Gaston. I love uh, what's what's his Lefou. I love mm-hmm. Lefou. I mean, that that whole part of the thing is my favorite. You bring up Peter Pan, and I got to go on a side tangent. You can cut it all oh, out that's uh, fine. In, in post, but. I saw a production one time of Peter Pan that was called uh, The Terrible Tragedy of Peter Pan. And it was basically a play split in two. They would do like a long section of the classic Peter Pan play. Right. Then when something dramatic in that play would happen, it would stop and every character would freeze. And Peter would do like a really quick costume change and they'd wheel on this second set. And the second set was like a, a therapist's office with like a, a reclining chair and, and that whole shtick. Right. And the therapist would be asking this kid about, you know, his past and, you know, he'd go, well, why, why don't you think that your parents loved you? You know? And, and, and this kid would be like rocking back and forth and he's like, because they left me. And they're like, what do you mean they left you, Peter? Like, explain to me what you're talking about. And, like, the tension would mount. And then Peter would, like, start freaking out and screaming and stuff. And then, like, go retreat into his psyche. And then the Peter Pan story would start again. And at the end of the play, you find out that, like, um, his parents, like, abused him and then, like, abandoned him. And um, you find out that, like, Captain Hook, like, everyone in the Peter Pan story is, like, an idealization of someone in his real life. And you find out that Captain Hook is basically the personification of his idea of the man that his parents wanted him to be. Right. You know, and he didn't want to become that man. And so he's created Peter Pan. Yeah. It sounds crazy. It was dope. It was so good. The Peter Pan I saw was a 50 year old woman playing Peter Pan on strings, getting flown around a thing. And I was like, that's clearly a 50 year old woman. (laughs) So, um, similar. Uh, my number five, just so I guess we was going, is a movie I actually didn't see until my first wedding anniversary. So that was uh, in June, this last June. And it was because my wife always was like, there's no way you've never seen this movie, which was Chicago. Oh, right. And I'm like, no, I've never seen this movie. And then I, she made me order this nasty-ass food. I talked about it then. She got... We stayed at this hotel, and she got this expensive-ass meat and cheese plate that was, like, for rich people. But I'm not a rich person. I had the stomach of a poor man. I wasn't <laughs> raised on, like, delicacies. Right. And the meat just looked like and smelled like rotted fucking meat just sitting <laughs> on a plate. And I took one bite, and, like, I was, like, just on the, in the bathroom the rest of the day, right? Like, it was just horrible. So after that, I was in bed. Chicago was on. And she knows I enjoy John C. Rowley, which you uh, hate. I do. And she was like, we're watching Chicago. And we watched the whole thing. And I was like, tremendous, tremendous movie. So 
Because I've never seen it. I've, I'm, I'm in the same place. I right. tell people that I've never seen it, and they're like, what? It is really good. And honestly, you won't hate John C. Riley after you see it because he's just so good in his one part. Right. It was like a part he was made for. Is he the one that plays? Um, I tell you, there's trouble. Trouble with a capital T. That re- is that even I, the right play? I don't I, I don't know it. I've only seen it once. I wouldn't know it enough to like say yes or no. I think maybe but, I'm talking about music, man. I'm just going to stop talking. All right. Well, either way. Um, basically, he dates like uh, Reese Witherspoon. No, not Reese Witherspoon. He dates some blonde-headed chick that's in the movie. I don't remember who it is at the moment. Sure. And uh, he, she's way too attractive for him, and he's the ugly doofus that just loves her with all of his heart, but she cheats on him, and he – like you feel – like you want to cry every time you see him. Right? But – given his face it's like perfect for like he uh, who he is so anyway chicago was really good uh for the fact i didn't see it until i was 30 years old <laughs> um i was like oh yeah that's a pretty fucking good movie everyone seemed to be right but i kept doubting for whatever reason <laughs> maybe um, i'll see it when i'm 30 yeah there you go man uh what is your number four number four is the book of mormon um uh, written by the creators of south park and right. i am a big fan of south park especially these later you know seasons i think it kind of came into its own around like season 18 <laughs> i actually agree um 100 20 it kind of went away again yeah but. um but yeah so book of mormon uh about uh this uh young mormon kid who's going out on his mission to you know evangelize to some part of the world and he's he's kind of the golden boy of his church. And so he's expecting to get a cushy post in, you know, Paris or London, but he winds up getting paired with the biggest idiot in the Mormon church and sent to like Uganda and, uh, very, very, uh, funny, lots of classic bops, uh, you know, and I think, uh, also, you know, anytime that I can kind of poke an eye on the finger or poke a finger in the eye of religion, that's, uh, Big plus for me. So my wife has seen the play uh, when they came to Oklahoma City last year, yeah, or something, and she really liked it. I didn't know. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know if they made a movie. I thought there was a movie with Josh Gad in it, but maybe Josh Gad was just in the original Broadway cast. But, he was. Uh, I was like, I thought Josh Gad made a movie of them. No, but. he was just in the original Broadway cast, which I haven't seen an actual production of it either. I just saw the pirated right. uh, recording of the Broadway version on YouTube. Oh, sweet. Um, my wife would love it. She said, and whenever she came home, she's like, you would have loved that play out of any play I've ever seen. That would have been your play. So I feel bad. We didn't get you a ticket. I'm like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, no, you definitely would have loved that. Play. Uh, but yeah, I, and now that you mentioned, honestly, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut's probably a musical. And if I would have thought about that before now, I would have been on this list. Oh, that's fair. You know, I didn't think of that either. Honorable mention. Yeah. Fucking. Cause Kyle mom's a big fan, but like that. I love that soundtrack. That soundtrack's so clean. Boys and girls. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. My number four is going to be the most classic musical musical on my list. Uh, it's a random one. I'm going to have to tell the story of how. So when I quit athletics, um, I didn't really quit. I just didn't enroll for athletics my 10th grade year of high school. And after that, I didn't do it anymore. And that year, they're like, well, what do you want to do? Seventh hour while everyone else is in athletics. There's not many options in my school. So I had to take art appreciation which was half the year in art appreciation the other half in music appreciation and all that entailed was uh art appreciation the first day they taught us how to uh stipple shade okay and then our teacher was like fuck it i'm not teaching you anything else and that was the only (laughs) art i ever had in high school and the rest of the time we watched movies and they thought if it was a musical it would make it seem more artsy so this one girl owned like every musical (laughs) 
and we watched that's all we did that semester so given all that my favorite musical during that semester that i never heard of was seven brides for seven brothers now that is super religious sort of movie for whatever reason um i just remember thinking the whole time like well this is a fun fun little musical right there's seven brothers and they need wives and hey there's seven women (laughs) it all works perfectly it's like a nice little uh western musical i don't know it's hard to explain what it is but i remember enjoying it so i wanted to put it on the list oh no it's an absolute bop oh so you've seen it you're familiar oh i love seven brides okay i thought it was gonna be just completely left field here seven brides for seven brothers um is a wonderful show oh yeah um and uh i'll yeah, we'll leave it at that. It's a wonderful show. Okay. All right, well, what do you have for your number three? Number three is Avenue Q. Um, I have no idea what that is. God, now that, if there was a play that you would love, it's Avenue Q. It is um, Dirty Muppets. Okay. So it's it's Sesame Street for fucked up people. There was a movie that came out that basically had that tagline recently, but I don't remember yeah. what it was. Yeah, no, yeah, I saw that movie. Or I saw that uh trailer for that movie i think it uh, is very much in the in the vein of avenue right. q but but basically the main character at the very beginning of the show he graduates college um uh with an english degree and then he can't find a job because he doesn't want to teach and so the first song is what do you do with a ba in english and it's basically just him he, he can't find a job so he has to move to the most ghetto part of town right which is because he wants to live on sesame street Right. But you know, how do you get to Sesame Street with a BA in English? And right. so <laughs> he has to move to Avenue Q, uh, and his landlord is Gary Coleman, Hell yeah. uh, who has fallen on some hard times, <laughs> and um, and it's just full of like inappropriate, hilarious uh, songs that, such as. Did the Hinton Company make these puppets, or was this like knockoff? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but. Um, there's songs like the internet is for porn. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Uh, everyone's a little bit racist. Um, yeah, that one's a that one's a true bop. Um, let's see. One of the lines in everyone's a little bit racist is the Jews have all the money, the whites have all the power, and it's this Asian lady that's singing it, and <laughs> it's so good. Right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. I'll have to look it you up. I've never even heard of it. You should absolutely watch it. Never heard of it. Oh man, uh, one of the subplots is Bert and Ernie, mm-hmm. uh, but Bert's—you know—it's not Bert and Ernie because they're on Sesame Street and right. Sesame Street, but it's Bert and Ernie, and but Bert's gay. Well, that's and uh, true on the actual Sesame Street as well, but and so Bert sings a song called "My Girlfriend Who Lives in Canada." Um, that's also that is good, wonderful. Um. All right, my number three is one that I had to like tell my wife, like, I don't think this is technically a musical, but I could argue it. And it's the only one that has Dave Chappelle in it. So Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, think, no, I think that's a musical. I'm going to count that as a musical yeah. because I always sing, we're men, we're men in tight, tight, tights. Like, everyone knows that shit. Yeah. And for whatever age I was when I watched that, I don't know how old I was, it was my shit. Like, right. Because Robin Hood was a big deal when we were kids because there was the cartoon with the fox, and then there was also that the Kevin Costner Robin Hood right. or whoever was in it. And so this was uh, just a cool version of that. I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, I'd later, you know, go on to be like, oh, it's Mel Brooks comedy. And I enjoyed these types of movies. Like, I didn't get that at that sure. time. Um, but Robin Hood Men and Tots was just fucking dope. And I love the Achoo and Blinken and just all the characters. I love it probably more for its comedy values. But there is songs. And so I'm going to count it 
put as my number three. Sure, I think that counts. I love Robin Hood and Pipes. What's the other one that's um, that's the Mel Brooks and it's a very similar type setup? Uh, I mean, there's a there's a few different ones. I, my favorite Mel Brooks is History of the World Part One, but that's more of a it goes through different time periods, so it's not set quite like that. Um, Anyways, so yeah, what is your number two? My number two is uh, the best little whorehouse in Texas. Okay, uh, and that was a movie uh, with Dolly Parton and um, Burt Reynolds. And it was nowhere near as good as the stage production because Dolly Parton sucks. Uh, that's my hot take. Um, I really enjoy her as a person on interviews, and I think she sings well. But I've never seen this movie, so I don't know. Yeah, I just I hate her singing style because it's all like she's got that tremolo in her voice all the time. Anyways, um, it is about it's a story about the la- and this is a true story the last whorehouse that operated in Texas and. Um, and how this radio personality, this you know conservative radio personality, found out that there was still a whorehouse operating in Texas, right? And he mobilized his viewers to get it shut down. And this local sheriff in in the town where this whorehouse existed uh, had an ongoing relationship with the madam of the whorehouse, and he was trying to protect her as best he could. But you know the the governor was getting involved, right. and the writing was on the wall. And so he had to shut it down. And uh, it's so there's parts of it that are so so funny um, because at one point the Texas Aggie football team had a tradition of any time they won a championship they would go there to celebrate, and the coach would buy all the players. Ah, oh, Bear Bryant probably. <laughs> and uh, this was in the the 80s, so maybe I don't know. But anyways, um, so there's there's parts where the the football players are dancing with the you know, the hookers and it's all very funny, but there's also just very sad parts at the end when all these hookers, they get shut down and they have to like figure out what they're going to do with their lives because they lived here, you know, right. just, this is where they lived. It was a really, you know, the madam took good care of them, you know? And so they sing this song called hard candy Christmas. Cause it gets shut down right before Christmas. And so they, you know, they're like, you know, um, maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll dye my hair. Maybe I'll get a car and drive somewhere, you know, like maybe I'll get, just get drunk on apple wine, you know, and it's just them singing about what they're going to do now. And it's very sad and, and very touching. And, um, but yeah, it's good. It's a, you know, make you laugh, make you cry kind right. of type of thing, which I, I have heard of it, uh, but I've never, never seen it. Um, my number two is going to be my only cartoon on the list, but I did ask you, do Disney cartoons count? Because there's one in particular I really want to include, which is a Goofy movie. Do they like, have songs? Yes, the whole fucking thing has songs. My wife said the same thing, but I was like, oh, it has songs. I only know this because I knew all the songs on the movie, Sure. and I would sing them all the time as a child. Uh, it had a very you know, uh, hip-hop-inspired pop music, basically, Okay. because Max wanted to like idolize some dude who basically looked like an MC hammer of goofy movie world and uh, all that shit would be going on. And then, you know, him and goofy would get in some fight and they would, you know, be singing their sad song and shit. So it had enough songs. Oh, it has that song. Um, Hello dad. Right. right. With the, with the soup. 
Yes, the soup. The soup is where I brought this up, I think, somewhere recently on the podcast, where I have a very vivid memory of him like opening the can with his big old goofy <laughs> teeth, yeah. like, putting the holes in it, and then he cooks it on the cigarette lighter out of his car. And I remember as a kid being like, you can do that shit? You can cook, <laughs> you can cook soup with that. Um, I just watched the Goof movie a lot. My wife bought me a Goofy movie sweater for Christmas nice. this last uh, Christmas, so it's on my mind more often. Sure. Uh, a Goofy movie was just, I think it's the most underrated of those 90 Disney movies. Oh, I agree. Because, yeah. like, I loved Aladdin, and everyone else loves Lion King. I'm not saying I don't, but I don't as much as the rest of the world for whatever reason. Uh, and Pocahontas is wag, so let's just be real. And Little Mermaid was made for girls. And uh, Mulan, man. Mulan was where it's at. Mulan was... I felt like I was to that age of I was trying to be too cool for cartoons by then. But, yeah, it was good. But, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's where it all the transgendered people folk came from was Mulan. <laughs> That's right. Let that, me tell you. That there weren't any before then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so a goofy movie was my number two, and I, uh, I just saw that shit. So what is your number one? So my number one is this little-known uh, musical that I'm sure none of you have ever heard of before and certainly not on this podcast. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Right, and if I would have known that, or um, you normally if something happens like that, you would just say, well, shut up, I have it later, and I would have shut up. So I, w- I just didn't think you would. I didn't even think about it. No, I love Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Uh, my mom, that was her favorite musical, that and Paint Your Wagon. Um, oh. And so we would watch those all the time. And uh, I, I love uh, the, the guy that plays Adam, who's the main character. He, he starts the show with a song called Bless Your Beautiful Hide. And, you know, it's him uh, looking for his wife. You know, he's walking through this little town and he's looking at all these women. He's ruling them out for one reason or another. And it's incredibly sexist. The right. whole thing is incredibly sexist. Right. They literally kidnap seven women mm-hmm. and <laughs> give them Munchausen syndrome to love them. <laughs> but... Uh, so but I did it with my wife. I love his voice, and I love the 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 physicality of the show, especially the barn raising scene mm-hmm. where they have the fight, you know, the, with the with the other guys from town whose women they stole like right. three months before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, it has a very school play feel to it. Sure, yeah. I think there's something about that where I'm like, but this is a movie. I watch this on like a VHS or whatever. Well, and the dancing that goes on, like the brothers were like like seven like world-class dancers because the dancing is really technical like especially when they're on that balance beam Mm -hmm. and they're doing and and like on that spinning log and they're doing all that dancing on that like that was really and i'm trying to remember i know i don't remember their names but each name was like a letter of the alphabet so it was like a was adam there was a b a c a d Uh up through uh e maybe f yeah, and they were all Bible names. Yes, and they were all from the Bible. I think I can maybe name them. Let's try. So there's Adam, Bartholomew, Caleb, Daniel, Ephraim, Frank. Ephraim, uh, wait, I think. That, that's six. Oh, that's six. Uh, and then G. I thought it was through F. A, B, C, D, E, F. I thought there was through F, too. F, but it, the G, name of the movie G, is... and then Gideon. The little okay. one was Gideon. Okay. Hell yeah! <laughs> I, I remember, um, for whatever reason, being, you know... And what was so funny was Frank, though, because they make a comment. They're like, I don't remember a Frank in, in the, the Bible. Bible. I do remember He's that, like, yeah, yeah that, his name is Frankincense. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Uh, so that was cool that you had that one. Now, the only honorable mentions I have, and these are the only two things I, I really want, the Grease, because uh, I was in fifth or sixth grade when Grease had its 20-year anniversary in which they re-released the soundtrack everywhere. And, like, every girl in my class owned that soundtrack, and we listened to it every day in class. Well, I mean, it has a beautiful message for young women. You know, right. just change everything about yourself, and mm-hmm. men will like you. Yeah, and for guys, it's like, just treat them like a slut till they come around. <laughs> and then you got you to gotta be whipped, too, though. Don't forget, you will be whipped. Right. 
Right. We're going to let you know that shit, but um, Grease, the music's great. It yeah, just I, was in, I was in the production of Grease. I played uh, Eugene, uh, who isn't even in the movie, um, but he's this nerdy character, and I had to shave my whole face and put on like these crazy glasses with duct tape on them and slick back my hair with like motor oil and right. stuff. That um, sounds fun. Yeah, but it was a blast. I had like three lines maybe. And then I always loved the Jungle Book, the cartoon Jungle Book. I always liked all the music in there as well. I always I just watched it a lot. I just watched it. It was my mom's favorite movie. Yeah. So like when I was a kid, it was like, guess what we're putting on? And I just watched it so much that I was like, I like Blue. Blue's I hated cool. it because Mowgli scared me really bad. Or what? That wasn't no Shere Khan. Shere okay, Khan. I was like, the boy, the boy <laughs> scared you? No, Shere Khan scared yeah, me so is. bad. Um. Because I thought just for sure that tigers were going to be a much bigger deal in my adult <laughs> life than they actually turned out. See, I've always enjoyed monkeys and apes. And so, like, they had the whole orangutan scene. I just loved it, like, for whatever reason. And my grandpa called me a monkey my whole life. Not from any race. Con? Is his name Skier Con? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't tell you exactly right now. Because I think Skier Con might be a Mortal Kombat character. See that? I think it might be Skier Con. I don't know. Mortal Kombat probably just stole the name. They always do that shit. Um, all right, man. I think that's all we got. So, unless there's anything else, we you're need number to bring one. Up. You didn't say you're number one. No, I didn't. You just of did course. the honorable mentions. Sorry. Uh, my number one, I brought up last week, so I just, I guess, assumed I did it. Which is a pick of destiny. Oh, pick of destiny is easily my favorite musical of all time because oh. I love Tenacious D more than anything, uh, any rock band. Anyway, yeah, I totally forgot about that. And uh, great movie. It's the origin story. Again, I've said all this last week, but you might not want to listen. And, uh, you know, the origin of how Jack Black meets Kyle Gass and even starts off with uh, Meatloaf as Jack Black's dad. And then there's little Jack Black and he's all singing and he's like, nah, nah, and he's fucking rocking out. And then he kicks him out, gets on a bus, goes to L.A., meets Kyle Gass, um, who's like a dick or whatever at first. And then they form the best duo ever. And then they fought the devil at the end. Yeah. And then they have part of the devil's sword and they smoke weed out of. And that's how they make all their great music. <laughs> And it's just made for me. You know, it's just a <laughs> musical for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I might go watch it today. I'm not thinking about it. Um, so I can't believe I almost forgot it. It would have been horrible. Um, I just know how I've been trying to make shorter episodes. But then again, no one listens either way. So does it really matter? Does it really matter? All I don't right, think man. we've ever done a short episode. I don't either. All right, we'll see what we keep on here and uh, all that shit. All right, deuces. Peace. Peace.